Kalamazoo men's hoops still looking for that first conference victory. The losing streak now at 10 games. 0-10 in conference play and 8-15 and overall. Get your thoughts in on the latest loss uh, for Mizzou against uh, Texas A&M last night at 875-KTGR with a call or a text here with Andy Brendan and producer Chris on the big show. And now joining us on the KTGR hotline to give his thoughts on the State of Affairs here with Mizzou Hoops and and everything else. Gabe Diarmid of PowerMizzou.com. You can find him on Twitter at PowerMizzou.com. Subscribe to uh, PowerMizzou to get all their great info. Gabe, how are you? Not bad. What's going on, guys? Pretty good. Uh, let's, I guess, start with, uh, again, uh, another loss for Mizzou men's basketball. And again, they just all kind of look the same. But I wonder how you now look at, at at things going forward now that the losing streak is at 10 games and you're and you're still trying to figure out if if this team has it in them for the rest of the season to make sure that zero turns into a one at some point. Yeah, I said uh before last week I said I don't think they'll go, you know, defeated, but if they lose at home to Arkansas and on the road to Vandy then we can start talking about it. So yeah, it's time to start talking about it. Um, they've played their easiest games. You know, I, I don't know what game you would look at on the schedule and say, I think they'll get that one. I mean, odds say maybe they'll get one. But this is clearly like, and I asked Noah Carter this after the, the Vanderbilt game, and he said no, but I don't know how it couldn't be true. This is a team that just expects bad things to happen, right? Um, you know, you can almost pick out the moment in the game where you go, up, oh, here it comes. Here comes either the five-minute scoreless streak or the, you know, the big run by the other team or whatever. I I mean, last night, you know, they get within 46-43, and I think it was a missed layup, but it it could have been a foul call. I don't know. But something – and then all of a sudden you look up and they're down 20. Uh, I mean, it was just like flipping a switch. Like, hey, we kind of had a chance, but the hole was too big, and they're all the same, like you said. And so it always does seem like it's something, Gabe. doesn't have to be the same thing every time, but it's always going to be something that kind of throws them off track. Is there anything that you can diagnose with this group specifically? Um, it, it, do, do we read enough into the injuries? Do we read too much into the injuries? Like We knew there could be a step back this year, but I don't think a, a look at 0-18 was really in the cards for anybody. So just on an overarching view, kind of curious how you look at that from, from like the 10,000-foot angle. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think they'd be better if everybody was healthy. They've got five scholarship guys hurt right now or sick or whatever. Um, I don't think they'd be an NCAA tournament team, you know, uh, but but I don't think we'd be talking about 0-18. And, and re- I, I think it's two things. I, I think, first of all, it's mostly just momentum. Um, last year's team believed they were going to win every game because, uh, like, they made a couple plays down the stretch of games and won close games. They went 13-3 and in games decided by 10 points or less. So, and and there was some luck involved there, right? They had two half court shots and, and and all that. So we probably overinflated a little bit how good that team was, and if, because they they did, they just found ways to win. And this team, I think, if you go back, don't blow the lead against Jackson State first of all. But then they had two games to start the conference season at home against Georgia and South Carolina. And they lost both of them. Both were games they should have won, could have won, whatever. If you just switch those two, they're sitting two and one. Still, they're probably losing at Kentucky, right? But I think the whole feel on this team is different. I, I truly think they were 0-3 going to Alabama, fought in that one. That one went south in the last six minutes. And, and I think at that point it was kind of like, man, this is really starting to build up. And, and it just 
kind of adds up every time out. The second thing is uh, it's pretty obvious there were some misses here in the offseason, right, In, in two ways. First of all, he expected guys that were coming back to take jumps they haven't taken. Noah Carter and Nick Honor were really good, like third and fourth options on last year's team. And they needed them to be second and third options or first and second options, and and they can't do that. Uh, I mean, we found that out. They're not the first and second options on a good team. They're they're excellent third and fourth options on a good team, but not first and second. Aiden Shaw hasn't taken the jump. Sean East has taken a jump, but kind of at what expense, um, you know, because everything runs through him. Uh, you know, he the, the ball movement is a lot worse this year, and I'm not blaming Sean alone for that, but he does have the ball a lot and dribbles a lot, and that is part of it. The second part is in the portal. Uh, look, Tanjay and Grill, I, I don't know what those guys are, uh, it, right? They thought they were really good players in the offseason, and they might be. We just haven't seen that. But then you've got a couple guys in, in Jesus Carolero and Connor, Connor Vanover that, Look, when they took them, a lot of people said, I, I'm not sure here. And unfortunately, that's kind of turned out to be right. Yeah, and so now, Gabe, you're in a situation where we all kind of know what this season is. I think outside of maybe the most frustrated folks on your message boards, people aren't looking to fire the coach at this point in time. We know no, that the recruiting class, no, and, and we know the recruiting class is really impressive. But like for where we sit with this program right now, what are the things that you'd want to see as a Mizzou basketball fan to say, all right, we can we can glean this from the end of the season, or this is no. maybe the way that he needs to attack the portal? Like, what what now, I guess, is the question for a, a program we know is going to stay intact with the head coach? Yeah, I mean, you'd like to win a game, right? Uh, win an SEC game. Because 1-17 and 17 is awful, but it's way less awful than 0-18. So just go win one. But other than that, there's not a big difference to me between 1-3 and three or 3-4. Three and four. You know, you're going to be playing on Wednesday night in the SEC tournament. Uh, you're not going anywhere after that. We all know that. So whether it's 8-24 and 24 or 11-21, and 21, to me, is I, whatever. Now, the, the, the good part is 10 years ago, 8-24 and 24 meant you're three years away. doesn't mean that anymore. With the transfer portal, portal available, you're always one year away. Right? This team won 25 games last year, and now they're 8-24. and 24. So – why can't they go win 25 games if they do the if they have the right offseason? And part of that is, you know, part of the unlimited transfers and the no rules and all the freedom players have gotten is, hey, I now have absolutely no problem, and this has always happened, but I, I'm fine with it just openly happening now. The coach just saying, yeah, you're not good enough to play here. You got to go find a better place. You know, because he doesn't have to sit out now. And, and they've asked for all these things, and with that comes a price. So Dennis Gates is going to have to do some hard assessments. Like, I don't think I want eight guys off an 0-18 team back next year. You know, so right. he's got to figure that out. He's got to figure out who is coming back. And I think the only absolute obvious one is Tamar Bates. Now, I would personally invest in the three freshmen, and I think they will. But, you know, that's that's up to him to make that assessment. And then – He's going to have to go land at least two starters in the portal. He's got to figure out if he wants Tanjay and Grill back and if those guys are starters, and then he's got to go land at least two in the portal. Um, Whatever positions they are, whoever they are, and and look, we know this school has NIL money. It's shown up in football. Uh, It's time to go spend it and spend it wisely. 
For sure. Gabe Yarman of PowerMizzou.com with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. And, of course, you know this type of basketball season has already had folks wondering, well, when's football season going to start? Well, that's still 200 days away just about, but still people are, are trying to get excited about it. And there was news that the, the, the coaching staff is pretty much set. Uh, Corey Batoon, uh, the new defensive coordinator, they also brought in a new uh, uh, D-line coach, Brian Early, for the edge rushers. So, uh, Gabe, I guess we're not going to know how, how these guys are at their job right away, but I, I wonder what you made of the hires and how uh, now Mizzou's going forward defensively trying to keep things going. Yeah, I mean, look, I've never watched a game and thought, boy, man, they really need a new defensive ends coach, right? Um, <laughs> that's, that's not a thing on my radar. Defensive coordinator is a little easier to assess, but not right now. I mean, I, what I've said over and over is they hired Kirby Moore, and I had to Google who he was. I, I didn't know who that was, and he did a fantastic job. So I will wait until, you know, at least like week two to decide if Corey Batoon's the right hire or not. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see uh, what all happens uh, with, with spring football and how that looks uh, with the first looks of uh, who might be uh, getting some of the playing time going forward. Uh, and we also uh, heard the news of the, uh, the the $62 million donation that's uh, getting poured into the uh, the stadium renovations and, and also the, the Tiger Fund to help out the uh, the NIL efforts. It's just kind of a... Uh, another example, Gabe, of I guess how far things have sort of come uh, in in this age uh, of college sports and and making sure that you're bigger and better, especially in in a conference like the SEC. I wonder what you made of it. Yeah, and I think people need to understand. Look, I understand why it's presented the way it's presented, right? Uh, it's PR, it, and it's a huge donation, and I'm not trying to minimize it. Uh, whoever gave that, obviously, $62 million is a lot of money. I don't care how long it is. But I don't think they just dropped a duffel bag off with $62 million. I am fairly certain that is spread out over a number of years. I don't know exactly what that number is. It's usually between 5 and 10. Um, but And again, it is very big for Missouri. But I, I think people need to understand this isn't just, Eli, here's $12 million to go buy your roster for next year, right? That's, that's not how these donations work. Now, they're, that's how they're presented by athletic departments because – that looks really good to say we just got $62 million rather than we got $6.2 million a year for the next 10 years. It's the same amount of money. It's just in the messaging. For sure. Gabe Yarman to PowerMizzou.com with us here on the Big Show KTGR. What's new at PowerMizzou, Gabe? Uh, guys, you know, I, I don't want to say it's the slow time because there's never a slow time, right? But no. uh, we're always on recruiting, things like that, but uh, kind of waiting. I mean, Wednesday was supposed to be signing day. It used to be signing day, but that was not a thing. I kind of actually forgot it used to be that. Uh, so we're kind of waiting like you guys, uh, junior day, spring football, all that. Like, uh, when basketball, and, and this is why it's nice to have basketball doing well, right? Because it kind of carries you through some of these slower times, but, uh, not as much this year. Yeah, a little bit different this time around, uh, but it's still uh, great stuff to go and check out at uh, PowerMizzou.com. Gabe, I know, I, I think I know who you got on Sunday, but I suppose I'll just ask by how much you think the Chiefs uh, could win. Yeah, look, I, I honestly, like, I've picked the Chiefs to lose playoff games before. I thought they would lose to Buffalo. So, uh, yeah. you know, like, if I thought they would lose this game, I would pick them to lose this game. I just, I, I know this is, such utterly simplistic analysis, but I can't see Brock Purdy beating Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Uh, so, look, the last one against the Niners was 31-20, and I kind of like that. That sounds good, right? So we're just going to go with that again. 
We'll, we'll, we'll be on board with that. We could, we can enjoy a little score like that on Sunday. So hopefully that's uh, the case uh, going forward for Super Bowl 58. Gabe Yarman to powermazoo.com with us here on the big show, KTGR. Thanks, Gabe, for, for coming on as always. Uh, hope all is well. We'll talk again soon. All right, guys. Have a good one.